Good morning. We had a little bit of a uh, Michael Scott moment from the office last week. If you were here, I opened my little campus focus by talking about how much effort we've been putting into Sunday mornings and how we just wanted everything to feel right for you. And we just put effort in the nursery and the welcome and the greeting and the sermons and the worship. And that we had just tried to get every detail. I even said, if you're embarrassed to bring people here, that's our problem. If, if you're embarrassed about Jesus, that's your problem. I mean, I was inspirational. I was talking it. And, uh, and I even said, if, we don't want this to be amateur hour. Little did I know that behind me the entire time was this slide. That's not how you spell ambassadors, people. <laughs> now, fortunately, even now, most of you weren't noticing such things. I attribute that to autocorrect um, or our educational system. I don't know, but I'm telling you, we are now moving on from this slide. There we go. We're there. <laughs> Thank you. It would, you know, if you, it would, what you really just need is an English major to somehow be a part of the leadership or something. Um, during our campus focus times, we're discussing our role as ambassadors and as advocates. And there are two kind of roles I think we have based on scripture. Here is the ambassador's uh, command, 2 Corinthians 5.20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. An ambassador is someone who speaks for a person who is powerful. An ambassador um, is the voice of the powerful, um, bringing a message. Uh, we will talk more about ambassadorship next week. This week, I want to talk about our role as an advocate. As opposed to an ambassador, an advocate is someone who speaks for a person who is not powerful, a person who is not able to speak for himself or for herself. For whatever reason, there's a group that cannot speak for themselves, and when you advocate for them, you are speaking in their stead. Listen to Isaiah 1.17. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. This passage is filled with words that I would consider words of advocacy. Verbs of advocacy, learn, seek, correct, bring justice, plead. The objects or the need, the, those in need in advocacy, the fatherless, the widow, the oppressed, those who need justice. And so what does this passage tell us an advocate should look like? I kind of, kind of start from the bottom of the passage and work up. First, an advocate must be communicative. We must plead the cause of the widow. We must speak out for those who are voiceless. It's not enough if we want to say, well, I advocate. We cannot advocate somebody for somebody just because you feel badly for them or you understand their situation. You know, like, oh, I feel you. I feel your pain. That is empathy, and that's necessary but until you speak for that person, you are not an advocate. You're just simply feeling their pain with them, which is not a bad thing. I am not saying you shouldn't. Matter of fact, the next point is that you should. But until we begin to speak for those who cannot speak, but until we are the voice for those who do not have a voice, we are only empathizing and not advocating. The last line says, plead the cause of the widow. In order to plead, we must speak. Secondly, we must empathize. We must be compassionate. We must truly care about the one for whom we are advocating. 
Otherwise, those for whom we are advocating become sort of a nameless, faceless group. So we could say, you know, we're going to really try to do some tutoring ministry in the city. And you could say, you know, I don't really have a love for young people. So what ends up happening then is that you end up advocating for this nameless, faceless group called youth which is different than advocating for individual people with individual names and lives and families. And so when we advocate, we will pray that each of us will develop a compassion for those for whom we advocate. Thirdly, commitment. One of the lines on that Isaiah passage was correct oppression. When you you know, when your goal is to correct oppression, this is not something we say, well, let's all go out this afternoon, let's correct oppression, and then we'll come back for dinner. Right? It is not something that is that simple. You don't just correct oppression in a day or a week or a month. The idea of correcting oppression, it is a commitment of some length. So we may get through some of our goals of, of ways of, of reaching out in the educational system or in the health care of our community, and we, we might be like, man, we have, do not feel like we've accomplished very much. That is part of the process of advocacy. It's slow, and it takes long-term commitment in order for us to achieve even maybe the smallest amount of um, freedom from oppression or, or the accomplishment of justice. Um, so we need to commit to it, which is part of the reason that we've kind of tried to narrow down to two larger areas, healthcare and education, so that we can start saying, what are we going to commit to? Because otherwise, you're kind of all over the place. And so if you look around, those of you who were not here last week, these are some of the brainstorming we did at our visioning and meeting last week. Um, that we were around tables, so that's why half of them were upside down. There was no, like, acrobatics going on. Um, so some are upside down, some are right side up. You might need acrobatics to read them. Um, but I just want to give you a sense of some of the things we talked about. You can check those out um, as we move along. We signed them so you can kind of get a sense of who was involved. We had 35 people um, stay last week and work through these papers as we ate pizza. So it was a, it was a great time together last week. So I have somehow ended up with all C's. This was not my intention, but knowledgeable is, is the last one. Now, if you want to be nitpicky with me, that's not how you spell knowledgeable. But when you think about it, the first letter of knowledgeable is silent, so won't any letter do? I mean, take a minute to think about that. That's like deep stuff, but we're going to move on. Um, knowledgeable. One of, the, uh, one of the points was learn to do good. Now, we can learn in lots of ways. We can learn by observing. We can learn by watching. We can learn by doing. But some learning is just learning. We need to learn about poverty. We need to learn about justice. We need to learn about race. We need to learn about oppression. We need to learn about these things if we're going to be advocates for them. We want to walk into situations of advocacy where we've done our homework. Because otherwise, you come in with an arrogance. Your advocacy, you walk in, if you are unlearned about the situation, you walk in and you say, I'm only your advocate because I'm either a majority or because I am richer or have better status than you. So I must be your advocate. Which is very different than coming in and saying, I have learned about the educational system and the challenges and I want to walk with you in it. And I want to speak for you and with you in it. It come, you come in with a much deeper level of humility and learning when we do it that way than just sort of like flying in with the arrogance of, oh, I must be in a place of advocacy. We learn and earn our places of advocacy.